on this episode of Sex and Healing. Not many people, and I'm sure you're just going to affirm that, don't put that much attention to their sensuality and their sexuality. It's like the last thing on the list. She said, all my friends making this app, but, you know, rather than guided meditations, it's actually guided masturbations. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so good. And I get goosebumps as I say it. It is such a powerful tool for feminine sexuality because we know that feminine sexuality is not simple, that it's not a matter of, okay, we're going to have sex now and I'm turned on. many times as I need to in the name of science. Um, There are going to be hundreds of thousands of women and men (laughs) and gender non-specific people coming to the sound of my voice. Sometimes it's really explicit and it's very, it's a little bit dirty, you know, and I like that and people like that. Well, that's a reflection of me. You don't want me. Am I not good enough for you? Am I not enough for you? Or there's something wrong with you and you're disgusting and whatever those projections might be that stops us from being able to be whole and transparent with another. Hello and welcome to the Sex and Healing Podcast. My name is Erin Kiner. I'm your host and thank you so much for joining me on this wild ride through all the realms of sex and healing. Today we have a very special friend of mine who's a real friend, not just an internet (laughs) friend, although they're real too. (laughs) We have Dr. Gertrude and I don't think I've ever called you Dr. Gertrude. No, I'm actually surprised. (laughs) Yes, It does sound strange coming out of my mouth, but Gertrude is the creator and founder of a new app called Maeve. So I'm super excited for us to dive a little bit more into who Gertrude is, what she's creating and why, and I am probably going to cry because what she's creating is so meaningful. Mm. I'm definitely going to cry. (laughs) I'll cry with you. (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) Because today is a special day and we'll talk about that too. But the first question I have for you, if you know, do you know what your sun, moon and rising signs are in astrology? Um, I am a Leo. Um, Mm -hmm. Is that the sun probably? I'm not very knowledgeable in that. And I know that my ascendant, is that a rising one probably? Yes. Is Capricorn, I think. No. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm not the best I've read your chart now. Yeah. I remember I've read your chart. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You were talking before. about all that Capricorn right. energy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this and Capricorn, yeah. Yeah, the CEO, <laughs> which makes so much sense. <laughs> all right, yeah. well, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Why are you Dr. Gertrude? Who is Dr. Gertrude? Uh, my whole life I've just been obsessed with health, grew up in a family like that too, but I was very, like, it was very classical science and it needed to be very strict and I studied pharmacy I did a PhD in pharmacy and I loved it up until a point that I realized there's more to it so I went to the other side of the pendulum and dove into all the like alternative medicine Chinese medicine Ayurveda yoga um, to end up in the middle (laughs) and um, (laughs) 
yeah, now I like to combine those two because there's value of both and it's just a nice holistic approach to have like, and I think that is my strength that I can, that I, I'm a researcher by nature and my strength is to cut the bullshit from, from the valuable and, and, and to guide people <laughs> yes. there. <laughs> You're definitely um, a no bullshit kind of woman. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can't. I can't handle that. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, I guess for to to end what I'm doing now with with Maeve is like I was like for myself, but also when I guide people with their health, I realize that not many people, and I'm sure you're just gonna affirm that, don't put that much attention to their sensuality and their sexuality is like the last thing on the list and they mm -hmm. kind of know it's important but it will come one day well it won't come if you don't do anything for it but um <laughs> uh well in the end yeah that's that's at some point I was like oh well we don't really have like a tool to, to practice or to to explore like we we talk a lot about it in some channels but it's still a little bit uh, one-sided here and there I mean there's beautiful efforts being done everywhere but I felt that something was missing and with Maeve I felt like I could uh, create something for that so it's an well I'll explain what it is then please please <laughs> I want everyone to know <laughs> yeah well it's an app um, which offers it's very pretty so that's good to begin with <laughs> priority um, yeah yeah um, so it doesn't feel icky at all but it 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 offers a platform for audio only for you to well it's a guided masturbation app that's like the short sentence but it's so much mm -hmm. more than that because um there's stories sounds there's guided sessions um from all kinds of intensity so it it doesn't matter how experienced you are or if you have kinks or like anything can go on there and it will grow forever because forever and ever because we add content every week so um, I'm excited myself to learn and to see what's happening because I'm not creating the content I'm just offering I'm being the vessel as you told me yesterday <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and actually that is a uh, a little road I want to explore about how you came to be the creator of Maeve and how it has its own consciousness. But just from where what you've shared so far, um, it was our mutual friend Megan that told me about your app. And I remember sitting at the cafe and she said, oh, my friend's making this app, but, you know, rather than guided meditations, it's actually guided masturbations. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so good. And every <laughs> single person that I've ever shared this with since then has exactly the same response. The Oh, and I get goosebumps as I say it. It is such a powerful tool for feminine sexuality because we know that feminine sexuality is not simple, that it's yeah. not a matter of, okay, we're going to have sex now and I'm turned on. It's often yeah. a slow buildup of sexual energy and desire and anticipation and longing. And for most women, the problem with their sexuality lies in being in their head too much and not feeling uh, confident in their body or not feeling safe with their lover or not knowing what they want and not knowing how to ask and blah, blah, blah. And it turns out that the mind is the biggest tool. It's the biggest sex organ we have. And yeah. so if your mind isn't in the game, your body's not in the game. Yeah. And you turn on our mind and our body follows. So to know that there is this tool for us to learn and to receive without the ickiness, like you said, of perhaps using porn or a typical method like that of being turned on, 
it's this opportunity to use our mind as the vehicle to yeah. arouse us and deepen our sexuality. Yeah, exactly. It's just I fucking mean, awesome. I even often compare it like like that. Um, if you have like um, uh, as a couple and and you want to have sex, you just you don't just like see each other and have sex. You kind of like all the time play with each other a little bit. A message here, a hug there. Like, how was your day? I make you a tea and or whatever. Like, this is how it flows. And then all of a sudden, it's boom. But if you don't have all of that, there won't be a mm. big boom. <laughs> and, and exactly <laughs> so I'm kind of like comparing this app that this is a tool for you to to create this with yourself this constant loving energy with yourself and it doesn't always explode in like a miraculous orgasm it could for sure mm-hmm. but, but, but that's not the goal in the end I think yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely and I would I as you know, I teach a course about sexuality for women. And one of the things I talk about is like stoking the fire and keeping the pot of water simmering at all times. Because if we have to go from stone cold pot of water to get to that boiling point, it can take a long time. And the majority of women who haven't yet explored their sexuality in a conscious way or aren't with partners who have explored their sexuality in a conscious way, the number one complaint is like they need to, their partner needs to slow down take it a bit slower they need more time to start to build up but if we can keep that fire burning and then keep our pot of water already at a gentle simmer all the time by just feeling erotic and feeling alive and feeling turned on and feeling pleasured then it's much easier to get to those peak sexual states which might result in an orgasm or something else yeah you know I think even the fact that we many women only know one kind of orgasm as well they only know the clitoral orgasm and it can be shallow and it can be quick and they don't really understand that their entire body has the capacity to feel pleasure, their skin, their nipples, their cervix, their anus, like there's so many points of pleasure, their feet, their hands, their mouth, their neck, their ears. Like, you know, there's even those people who have had injuries who perhaps can't use their sexual organs but can learn to orgasm through their ears. Like you can reprogram the mind and all of, yeah, all these pleasure centres. So like the body has all this orgasmic potential, but we have to learn how to use it and we have to learn how to activate it. And it's not just a case of like, boom, I'm turned on, now I'm going to have sex. You know, that's the typical way. Sadly, it's like, yeah, we've been together a while. I'll suck you off. You go down on me. We'll do a bit of this. We'll finish with doggy. We're done. Like, how do you want to come? Okay, you come that way. Have you come now? Okay, I'll come now. And it's over. And that people just don't realise the capacity that exists there yeah you know how much potential to feel pleasure there is but it's it's where the first step is knowing ourselves like that and our body like that and understanding our turn-ons and yeah you know what are the kind of things that stimulate us yeah and then I mean I know that you know more about that even but it translates into all the other parts of your life that's why you say sex and healing right because (laughs) it's it's like um it's a creative center and and I know that from personal experience when I when my when my sensuality is turned on and nurtured either by myself or because I'm like in that zone with my partner I also feel way more creative and and energized to get more things done um, mm. and not even it's not even about like we need to be productive but it's just uh being alive more on all other levels as well you know and I think I don't think anybody is gonna deny that who who knows for everybody it's like 
if you I'm I'm sure you you feel that too. Every time I talk talk about it and explain it like that, or then I get this like, yeah, of course. Like everybody kind of knows, mm -hmm. but we kind of forget to make time for it or to make an yes. effort because we're so trained. Orgasm, porn, or this uh, pain in my mm -hmm. head, aspirin, uh, like mm -hmm. hungry that like we want it quick 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 and sometimes that's nice i'm not gonna de deny that, that <laughs> sometimes but <laughs> but but there's it's not the same depth than if we make time for it and it's not always easy sometimes it's required a bit of effort and a little bit of discipline um but if you do that then afterwards like the the, the has the benefits on the long term or just Crazy. exactly and it's yeah. like personal training so I have this mantra at the moment the more I come the more I earn and oh. it's giving me results <laughs> and I know it's not that simple but essentially what I'm saying is the more awake and alive I am and the more power I'm embracing because of embracing who I am as a sexual woman is directly translating in my ability to make impact in the world and my ability to hold the energy of my clients and create transformations and that results in an energetic exchange of finances, but financial energy and sexual energy are often correlated. They often yeah. hold the deepest conditionings from society, the most amount of guilt, the most amount of shame, the most amount of fucked up things the world has told us about money and about sex. But then my personal trainer who you live with, <laughs> yes. when I told him, this is my new mantra. And he's like, the fitter you are, the more you come and the more you earn. And I was like, yes, it's actually all just part of, experiencing our potential and yeah. if we want to get physical results in another realm of physicality like you run I'm lifting weights we both want to excel at that we have to commit to the practice and we have to yeah. learn about our bodies in that way and the same is with orgasms if you want to experience your orgasmic potential you have to learn your body in a way that no one's told us no one fucking demonstrated that for us there was certainly no alive erotic sensual sexual women that I looked up to as a kid you know yeah. that it was just like I'm a stressed out mum I'm working full time I my brother and I were in after school care so you know as soon as we got home we were just like mum 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 and mum's got her hands full trying to run a yeah. household trying to raise kids trying to run a career there was no space in my mum's life for eroticism and mm. that is just such a common story for most women it's like we haven't prioritized. We haven't learned that we deserve it and that we should and that it's a worthwhile investment and the return on investment is massive in every single area of your yeah. life, in every single area. Yeah. It translates yeah. to everything. Your relationships will change and your connection with your body will change. But even they go so far to say the scientific uh, evidence about the hormones that are produced in the body and the healing effects and, like, the longevity that comes from yeah like well that i'm happy that you go there because that is that is there's two two parts of my mission which is underlying that the first one is help to break the taboo around female sexual pleasure which we all know that it's there but it's still there that's just not okay mm. but then um especially that i want people from when they think like oh i want to work on my health then that they also not just think about food exercise sleep maybe a bit of mindfulness I want them to also think like okay I need to create space and time to work on my sensuality to get that alive because there's a lot of research and it's still a little bit um and it's baby shoes I don't know if that's a thing you say in, in English <laughs> baby um, steps yeah 
yeah and and but there's already so much like just both physical but also mental advantages um yes and and being a researcher I teamed up with the university in Belgium and we're going to research with the app as well. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> oh, if you need a guinea pig to measure <laughs> orgasms on, like I put myself forward for science. <laughs> yeah. well, right I will now, come as many times as I need to in the name of science. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I mean, if we come to the point where we put electrodes on somebody, I'll get you, you to do that. Yes. I'll perform. The little yeah. exhibitionist inside of me would just be so proud. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing this for the betterment of humanity. <laughs> but, you know, when my clients message me to say, oh, my God, I had a new type of orgasm or, oh, my God, I had three orgasms in a row when that is an experience that they haven't had before or when they try something new, I just nothing brings me more joy than to get messages like that from women who are discovering the potential of their body and like I don't even know I'm certainly no expert yet there's so much more for me to experience of the potential in my body too but it's like it's lying there dormant in all of us every single woman has the potential to experience orgasm yeah and yet there's statistics that I've read that are anywhere between 30 and 60 percent of women never have yeah or even going through the changes of 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 female mm. body life kids no um growing up of the kids yeah. and menopause and all these things like it all changes and then you need to rediscover your body so yeah, or, exactly. or maybe some some illnesses as well like I think then my ultimate goal is to work together with people who create audios for specific well categories is an annoying word but for people in for women in certain situations so they can also connect with that you know <laughs> yes because yeah. I just recorded a meditation the other day to give on my website um, for joining my newsletter list. And it's a self-worship meditation. And I, as I was recording it, I was thinking, oh, this is so ableist or whatever. It's so It was so presumed that you have full functioning body. You know, mm. it wasn't, it didn't address the fact that some women have had their breasts removed. It didn't address the fact that some people might not have full functioning or not have all of their limbs or like whatever kind of experience they're having in their physical body and what that means for someone's identity, sexual identity and what the world would perceive of those people because of their bodies. And they're equally as entitled to pleasure. And I watched a fantastic video on YouTube and it was about people that work as sexual surrogates, which are essentially sexual healers. They're sex workers but the intention is to help this person connect with their body more or connect with their pleasure more or understand or reprogram their experiences of sexuality in a very safe and healing way. Mm. And so they were dealing with people who were wheelchair-bound, who had conditions from birth that prevented them from being able to use their body. And then you think here is this person's mind and consciousness and heart that's growing at the same rate yours and mine is, but they don't have a body in which they can touch themselves or that they could touch someone else or that anyone was touching them and so this service had started in particular to take sexual surrogates to allow these people to feel connection and to teach them about their body in the hope that one day they will be able to attract a sexual partner or to share sexuality with someone outside of that context so it is amazing how much isn't it it just warms my freaking heart the people who from the goodness of their heart wish to serve in that way wish to take their you know, as sex educators or body workers or whatever their background is to take that to the people who can't access 
sexuality as easily. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) It's not just a matter of the body because also people's mind prevents them from accessing sexuality easily. So certain cultures, even people that were raised or have spent time in Australia, which is a first world country and quite progressive, there's people who've been raised with cultural influences that have prevented them from accessing sexual education. So whether there's a religious expectation to not have sex before marriage or there's arranged marriages and only one partner and, you know, there's taboo around discussing these things and, like, on a mental level these people have blockages to being able to access and unlock the potential yeah. in their body or, or or healthy sources of sex education. So essentially you're a sex educator too now, Dr. Gertrude. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, well, I like to... How do you say? Like we we can come back to the vessel part. <laughs> yes, um, I know that's coming. That's coming. Yeah, because I I am definitely not a a sexual expert, um, mm-hmm. or an expert on sexuality. I mean, I've definitely did my own work, and still lots to be learned. But I definitely went through big chunks already, which obviously mm-hmm. gives me a bit of insight. But my goal with Maeve was more to channel other experts from all kinds of fields. Mm-hmm. So that's why. There's so many different writers. You're like, I have like more the creative writers who write the stories from all kinds of backgrounds, like also all kinds of different cultures around the world. Um, but then also sex therapists or relationship therapists, or I mean, I know that you're going to write some stuff as well. <laughs> um, there are going to be hundreds of thousands of women and men <laughs> and gender non-specific people coming to the sound of my voice and Gertrude that will be a great achievement in my life to know how many orgasms are happening around the world to the sound of my voice in their ears yes I like that I love it I love it Um, so yeah I guess that's that's I I really see it as a I mean I'm providing a platform for other people Mm -hmm. to channel their wisdom to those who need or want to to listen to it and and that's also why because there's this big variety that will continue to grow because right now it's still at a smaller uh, level because yeah I'm a single entrepreneur woman or whatever (laughs) but um, it will grow and then the intention is for it to cater for everyone like like I just said not just women through all stages of life or maybe all stages of abilities or disabilities but also all genders all sexualities um but for that i need it to grow and have way more people on board because i only know what i know so Mm. that's that's not enough but the platform's there (laughs) yeah i love it and i love that yeah we can talk about that vessel thing in just a moment but everyone does bring their own unique wisdom. And I love that you just work out while listening and editing the audios in your ears and you're just listening to these sexy sounds all the time. I do. <laughs> like a constant stream of sexy things going on in your ears while you go about your day and go for a yeah. run down to the beach. <laughs> it makes me feel like while I analyze it and work at it, there's in these moments that I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe that I created as a job for me (laughs) exactly it's just so amazing but I also love that even if you're identifying with the being the vessel of this platform 
for which other people's wisdom and knowledge and creativity and sexual experiences can reach far more people. As that platform, you're still a filter. You know, your consciousness and your intention is what creates that, you know, and your intention is so beautiful and so pure. And I know that you've been so mindful about the kind of language that people put in their stories and to ensure that there's no carried on shame or prejudices or racism or sexism. It gives me goosebumps, actually. It's like you're you're helping to educate just through that alone by holding that very sex positive intention for anything that comes through your app. And it won't be a place where any of those old things that have damaged us in the past by, you know, not being sex positive for whatever reason, you're just, you're the filter yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that is, uh, yeah, that's true. Filter is a better word. I always say policing, but I'm going to change it to <laughs> Um, I am sexually policing all these sexy audios while running to the beach today. I am the sex police. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I know that's a bit silly, I guess. But yeah, it's 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 true. Like for me, it's and I know that we are on the same wavelength when it comes to that. Like, it's not about toning it down in terms of explicity. It sometimes it's really explicit and it's very get a little bit dirty you know and I like that and people like that those are the ones who are being listened to the yes. most <laughs> that's oh great I I'm so that's mad. I, <laughs> yeah I got like um I mean it's everything is still at its initial stages but I had the most subscriptions after I uh uploaded a kinky one so <laughs> yeah and you know uh, yeah <laughs> I know you Erin I know I know <laughs> yeah um so it's 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 for me like it's not about softening it it's about make, keeping it healthy that's all there mm-hmm. is to it it might be like you it's a little bit like how you um, try um describe how you use the word whore how people are like yes. sometimes um offended or a little bit shocked by it I don't think that's not what I police that's that's not what I get out of there what I get out of there is mm. things like when we have a story of a one-night stand the condom will get slipped in, in there even if that is not being made sexy in our life I will yes. make that sexy again it's part of it <laughs> yes. we should we shouldn't be yes. like I mean I made that mistake when I was younger um to sometimes not protect myself luckily nothing happens but this should be a, a no-brainer anymore and other things yes. as well about body positivity of course I I like yes. filter a lot on on that level we don't want to just describe for the the one kind of body type that has been glorified for way too long mm-hmm. um so these things are like these are the things like and the, the language oh that's the most important thing when there are the kinky things happening or things that are perceived like hmm, is this okay or not by certain by our let's say conditioning mm-hmm. i think everything is okay as long as you have a proper communication about it and we work that yes. into the stories without you noticing it maybe because you're just yes too turned off <laughs> but it's in there <laughs> yes, yes exactly those kind of conversations about consent and about aftercare and you and I talked um actually you came and asked me to review a particular kinky story just because yes. you know that I've got experience in that world and you had some concerns and 
did did I think that they were equally as valid and we had a very, very similar viewpoint. Yeah. And I actually made the suggestion to emphasise the aftercare in that story more so than what it was done. Even though there was a mention of aftercare, it is something that is a big part of BDSM and that is something that I would love to see transfer into the mainstream sexual experiences because it is such a powerful part of sexuality and yeah, um, yeah aftercare is the best my friends wanted to make some stickers that said I'm just here for the aftercare well, <laughs> it's like I'm here for the shavas and that's a good idea exactly exactly <laughs> so tell us a little bit about you becoming the vessel how did in as from my perspective you were chosen for this mission yeah how did you get chosen um like if you look back at it, it seems very random, but nothing really is. If, if you, yeah, at some point there's these moments that you realize this wasn't random, and mm-hmm. um, but it was just I was looking for it myself. I was like, this must exist. Like there's all these things. Of mm-hmm. course, there's something like that, and I didn't find it at the time. I have to say, in that it's almost two years ago when I started thinking about it. In the meantime, there are similar platforms on there. Of course, not as good as Maeve, but pretty, pretty, pretty <laughs> not good. Not as pretty. <laughs> not as pretty. And not, I, I would call mine the boutique version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, but, but in the meantime, it is like that, right? When, there's, when the world is ripe for a new yes. idea, multiple people pick up on it. And I find that only a good thing. Um, so I was looking it for myself, and then I realized it wasn't there. And then... For a few months, I was like collecting information. Should I do this? Should I not do this? Can I afford this? Um, but there, I was always saying like to the people around me, I cannot not do it. I don't know why, but I cannot not do it. I don't care if I fail. I need to do it. And the drop that made me do it, um, because obviously this costs a little bit of money and, and, and I didn't have that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I talked about it with my mom. And she actually like loaned me money. And wow. that means a lot because my mom is very traditional, has only had one mm. partner who is, um, that's my dad. And he was, um, they, they broke up or divorced 25 years ago. So my mom and sexuality. Mm-mm. So when I talked to mm-hmm. her about it first, she was like, like oh. and then, and then I was like explaining more and more and why and how and, and then the next day, the money was on my account. And we didn't really talk about it. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. That wow. Means oh, fuck, I've got <laughs> chills. And I've met your mom as well. And I remember we were in the mountains and we were doing the water purification ceremony with the priestesses. And I saw your mom afterwards and all I could think of was my mom. And as we were walking back up the hill, we were covered in our flowers. And, you know, you said, mom, you can share. You know, no, where it's a safe place to share. Yeah. And your mum shared part of what was healing for her in that water purification ceremony. And it was a wounding that was extremely similar to something my mum has been through. And I was like, whoa, it was my mum. You know, it was the recognition of seeing your mum being relieved of that pain mm. in the same way that my mum and her life experience, I hopefully will lead her to that. So when I look at my mum's sexual experiences as well, I think how lucky we are for our generation that we can have this conversation that 
we are being raised in a time of sex positivity and that we can lead the way because just one generation before us, it was absolutely not the case. These conversations weren't present. The societal shame and the societal consequences of being, of embracing your sexual energy for their generation is so different. And, yeah, you and I have seen that carried down in our ancestry and we're changing the story, yeah, which is amazing. And yeah, the children that come after us will just not know that pain, which yeah, is incredible. Really, this would be the, the legacy, the legacy. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. For sure. Yeah, my, my mom actually need, doesn't even talk to, to, my, to her friends about sexuality. I asked her that once. I'm like, hey, mom, do you masturbate? And she's like, oh. I'm like, okay, okay, you don't have to tell me, but do you have a vibrator? <laughs> just not. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like completely like no what is she talking about and then I was like okay I understand I'm your daughter you don't want to tell me but you talk about it with your friends right and she's like no I'll never do that I'm like okay well you at least talked to dad about it in the time that and even mm. that didn't happen so I mean yeah. they had sex but I, there was no communication around it so I don't mm -hmm. know how that worked to be honest but yeah well I watched a um, a show on Netflix last night where uh, it was based in the late 60s, I think, and when the lead character lost her virginity, you could see how bad and typical her sexual experience was. And then you saw in another scene when she had a positive sexual experience and after she's laying there in bed and she's, like, covered in sweat and she's like, so that's what that's meant to feel like. Oh. I think yeah. I know. And I'm grateful for that character that she got that experience, but I'd say there's a fair amount of women in our mum's generation that still don't know the potential of what it could feel like, yeah. of how good sexuality can feel, how good our bodies can feel. You know, women that are in their 50s and 60s and even women our age that have never orgasmed. The body's yeah. potential is there. How orgasmic we are differs between women, but each of us has that potential. And you're right, it is, it's healing to embrace this part of ourselves and to change these stories that have carried down in our ancestry and to empower women to a different story is incredibly healing for us and for the planet and for the future generations. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yay to all the orgasms and yay yes. to Maeve coming through to, to empower more orgasms in the world. That's just incredible. <laughs> yeah. So okay. given you've shared a little bit about your mum's sexual life I guess mm -hmm. we'd call it could you share a little bit about what it was like for you and what your relationship to sexuality started like and yeah. how you got to where you are well I have been masturbating as long as I can remember <laughs> <laughs> really like, Same, like I was I, very I, young too. yeah I, I I had this big life-size teddy bear in my oh god <laughs> right. you have no idea how many no one wants to talk about that but it was all of us without teddy bears god bless those teddy bears I still have mine he, he was like my size he was like a meter That's amazing and what I was like actually yeah I would have the aftercare because I would go in his nook after <laughs> yes. god bless teddy he was so sex positive even back then yeah he never um, left you he never judged you he never shamed you <laughs> exactly and I think I've been very lucky because even though I was kind of like you know my mom was a bit suppressed there was no conversation about it I had the sexual education which was only about how babies are born so I thought like oh my god my parents did it five times yeah I'm coming from a family of five 
Um, so I was like, really like that. And then the first thing that made me think, I remember I found a dirty magazine on the beach hidden somewhere. And then, you know, it, I will, I still have the pictures vividly in my mind. It was like kind of group, whatever setup position. And I was like, ew, but also, ooh, <laughs> like there was this picture <laughs> in my, in my, 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 my body was liking this, but my head and my mind was like, what's this, mm -hmm. you know? And then, I don't know, I never had this taboo around it, which I'm very grateful for. And I have to thank, actually, I hope I get to talk to her one day. She's a Belgian famous sexologist, actually. In those days, it was very progressive. And she wrote a vagina book in Dutch. Mm. And it had all these drawings of all the different kind of vaginas and a nice name connected to it because I was starting to feel ashamed about like how I was like this didn't look like the dirty magazine vaginas mm -hmm. and <laughs> so I was like but that one in her book was called the gate to paradise and the power of belief makes that happen I still believe it's the gate to paradise <laughs> and I don't I care love <laughs> oh my god oh my god that's amazing yeah. and it's a belief like if you believe it I don't know yes. like it's 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 Yeah, it's very esoterical to say it like that, but I can only say that that the experience has 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 made it true. Like uh, for me, I'm not saying that every sexual encounter I had was amazing, but um, it I didn't have shame around it. That's something I'm extremely grateful for. Um, but there was definitely the serving of the men in a, for a mm. long time as I was young. Didn't have shame around it, but it was not about my pleasure. It was about pleasuring or being in service of the pleasure of the men for a long time, mm. um, which I think a lot of us women have as well. Yes. Um, yes. And then I, I sometimes would have pleasure with it too, it was, but it was more a side effect, you know. And, mm -hmm. and then it, that took me work to kind of like focus more on my pleasure or the pleasure together. And yeah then surprisingly or maybe not so much um if you are focusing more on your pleasure your partner has more pleasure too <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because it's all more real and raw and pure and i don't care how i sit or look or you know yes these kind of stuff so <laughs> what changed what made you recognize that you weren't just there to serve the pleasure of another um I've been always very out, outspoken about it. Everybody and everyone who didn't want to hear it heard it too. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think it's not a specific moment that happened. It's been more of the acceptance of my own body and my own being. I mean, I struggled with an eating disorder and, and these things as well and and while going through that like accepting because it's it's not just a body image but anyway that's another story but going through the accepting of my body and and liking it the way it is also makes you want to pleasure it the way it is and then maybe masturbating more in a different way starting to masturbate without thinking about previous images without watching porn just like kind of masturbating by touching and just touching mm -hmm. just nothing else like it's hard mm -hmm. though i still find it, it hard is. to be honest to not get 
my mind, I mean, not even to, to go in a fantasy, which is also fine, mm-hmm. but like trying not mm-hmm. to do that, not mm-hmm. that hard. But if it works. That is hard. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, I would encourage most women to use fantasy, you know, to use the mind as a sex organ and yeah. to explore those things that maybe will never come into fruition in the real life just because you have a fantasy of like consensual non-consent is what we would call it in the kink world, which would be acting out a rape fantasy or an abduction fantasy or or, or some resistance to say no and that person still wants you is the number one fantasy for women. That doesn't mean that the people who fantasise about this thing actually want to be raped. Yeah. You know, but it's it's a symbol and a concept for being highly desired most of the time. And so, you know, I encourage people, yes, use those fantasies that are probably shrouded in shame and confusion and we don't like that we think those things, but actually it's okay because it's just a mental exploration that helps unlock your body. doesn't mean yeah. anything about who you are as a person. doesn't yeah. mean that you then must go and experience it or all these other things that stop people even accessing fantasy. It's like you can yeah. just bring those walls down and let your mind wander, which is essentially what your app will do for people is take their mind to places that maybe they haven't thought of on their own or yeah. take them into experiences that maybe they don't want to experience in the flesh, but it's yeah. still there's eroticism held inside them by using the mind. So that's yeah. incredible that you can come without using your mind and just your oh, body. Well, let's not glorify that too much. It happens like <laughs> I can count it on one hand. <laughs> you just jumped then at the yeah, yeah, and yeah, then we get clear. <laughs> I mean, I do. I mean, when it happened, it was fun. I'm not going to say it was the best thing ever. It was good. It was mm. a different, it's kind of more of a meditative experience. Mm. But it's, uh, yeah, I'm definitely not like going to <laughs> say like, I know how to do that. <laughs> no, for sure not. <laughs> um, yeah, but well, well, to come back to, to, to working out the fantasies, that's also why um, on the app where we focus on the different kind of kinks in a way, or kinks or other kind of stories, um, both from a story perspective where you're just more like listening to how another person is perceiving that or, or you can imagine yourself in that position, but also in a more guided way that you are, that is more like really like a guided masturbation. Mm. But on top of that, there are sessions on there for couples um, to be guided in how to approach each other differently. Um, and that could be very soft, like more approached as a foreplay, but it could also be very explicit as well. And um, just the fact that you just, as a couple, decide to try it, to just, that is already a turn on. She's just like, oh my God, yes. what's, what, how are we going to guide it to approach yes. each other? Um, yes. So I'm also very excited for that, you know. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, what you said before, I think you're very blessed to have had the life experience that you have where your sexuality, although it wasn't fostered or nurtured in the most positive way, you also didn't have a lot of negativity to overcome or trauma or anything like that. And it allowed your natural curiosity and your natural sexual expression to go and find itself in the world and to explore and to try new things. And I think that is the nature of sexuality. It's inherently curious. We do want to try the new things and we do want to try that new person and like kiss that person and see what they taste like and see what that person's body feels like. And yeah. like it's kind of turning me on a little bit just thinking about it, to be honest. 
<laughs> I, I could really go a hot passion. Hot, call it a passion, Australia. I know a lot of other people don't call it that, but a passionate kiss. I was just like, oh, I could really go a long, hard, hot kiss with a stranger right now. <laughs> it's yeah. like that, you know. And I, the thing I love about kink is that it is taboo. It's inherently taboo, and that's half of the attraction. If everyone was kinky and it was mainstream, it was everywhere, it wouldn't have that same thing, which is like yeah. I'm accepting the forbidden. And that yeah. is one of the cornerstones of eroticism actually is like there's anticipation and longing and desire and uncertainty and like all of these elements start to fuel that fire for us. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. for new couples and especially to do it in a guided way where the yeah. pressure is off that you don't have to be the leader and you don't have to be the experienced one, but actually we can just give this a try and explore this as a game and yeah. see what's there for us, see if there's eroticism and desire there. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, I've, I've, there's a few on there already and I'm kind of liking them. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really happy <laughs> with that. Um, what, what I wanted to pick back on, because you said mm, about my own story about sexuality, um, what I diff that I had one traumatic experience actually. Oh, I remember that. And now. it's yes. it's interesting actually. Now that you said it, I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about it because I mm. have also been blessed to be able to make it a memory, but not a trauma because of a very yes. good therapist. But yeah, I had I was mm -hmm. also I was sexually assaulted, and like the way if I say it, it doesn't even feel that it actually happened because she made it with NLP such a, a big cut because so I would definitely <laughs> encourage yes. people to to explore that path when they are having um, issues with that um, but yeah it didn't really interfere with just for one week it interfered mm -hmm. only for one week with with my flow there I would say and mm -hmm. that's only because of that therapist um yeah that was amazing actually um, it was an amazing story I remember you sharing that with me actually and I found it very empowering if you don't mind me sharing we were talking about the nervous system and the flight fight or freeze response and you and I both identified that we have a freeze response mm. and that can be very hard as a woman or as anyone that's experienced a sexual assault in any form or any kind of sexual breach to not respond in a way that was protective of ourselves, because I've yeah. done exactly the same thing. I've just frozen and tolerated something and it, like the brain just switches off. And, yeah, you know, there's I a lot was of somewhere else. I was like, it, it, I was afterwards. I'm like, I cannot believe I didn't scream. I didn't run. I didn't even do anything. I was just like a, a sack of potatoes. Mm -hmm. And I was in my mind, I don't know where I went, but I wasn't there. And if not, mm -hmm. somebody else wouldn't have, yeah, fought him off, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. it could have been much worse. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and since then, like, I, I don't have the trauma anymore, but I still have the, I hope that I cultivated enough tools if, if and this, like, let's touch the wood. <laughs> That it, it would never happen to me again, but if it would, that I would mm. react differently. I mean, mm. I fight now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I you do boxing. I, yeah, and I hope that I would, like, or, or not even just that, but that uh, I, I, mm. I don't want to freeze again. Um, mm. 
yeah that was and I think this is part of yeah sex education and sex positivity is to have language like basically what happens in those moments is that the nervous system is responding to a threat and the brain functions differently the body's functioning differently and we don't have a neural pathway yet for how to act in that moment but if we can empower ourselves with language and maybe with self-defense or whatever it might be so that in that moment there's already a neural pathway that your brain might be able to access to do something differently because I did exactly the same um in I see it in many circumstances in my life, actually, that freeze response goes off. And then in hindsight, I think, oh, my God, there were five different things I could have done then. And I didn't do any of them, but I'd never been in that situation. And so then through that experience, you can turn it around, you can do the healing, you can get the therapy that's necessary. And then you can also look at that and say, okay, now I'm equipped better for next time. And I know how what I could say and I know how I could act differently and I know how I could potentially divert the course of action there Mm. um yeah and and empower others with it too you know like to I think the languaging is the languaging yeah and having the words to use to assert ourselves and our boundaries is absolutely necessary like I know in your personal circumstance there wasn't an opportunity for you to insert a boundary you weren't having a conversation with someone before this happened so it's not applicable to everyone but in many cases we start to feel uncomfortable, we start to feel breached and already that freeze response is going off and we're not saying anything. Mm. And then that can progress to something else that feels abusive or results in an assault or a trauma. Yeah. So, yeah, having the language to know how to assert ourselves, and having those consent conversations. You know, you said something before, I think, or it might have been on the earlier interview I recorded today. <laughs> it's like we weren't taught about consent we never, no one told us to ask. It was essentially like someone will start touching your body or you're at a party, a school, you know, on the weekend at high school and someone slips their hand down your skirt at a party. You know, you're just talking to someone, they just put their hand down your skirt and then you have to yeah. pull away. It's like that was the consent conversation. I'll just yeah. approach her or him until they say stop. <laughs> Whereas yeah. now you, you wouldn't dream of putting your hand down someone's skirt. Without, sure. I didn't, didn't really think about that like that yet. Yeah. Mm. You know, in kink we'd have a, a very explicit conversation about your wants and desires, but even just in the general mainstream world, there's ways of having very sexy, very subtle conversations to negotiate what you want and what your boundaries are and what you'd like to try. And I also think so much of it is contextual. There's things that I will do sexually with certain partners or in certain times that really wouldn't be okay in another time or with another partner yeah. And that we have the liberty to choose that, that yeah, just because or, we've done something once or, or sexual, we're open to it doesn't mean it. Or, or our sexual life or is so fluid and dynamic, you know, and, and I, I think it, it's not because you're into something then that that happens for, for, forever. Like um, I, for me and my experiences, especially within my open relationship that I like, some things are really hot sometimes and then other times not no. <laughs> and there's no <laughs> exact reason for why. Yeah. It's just yeah. it just is. And and if there's no proper communication about it, this can be very painful. Yes. I had a yes. previous relationship which was also open, but that wasn't really because there was no communication. And then it's like, yeah, but mm-hmm. we agreed to it. And then okay, then I don't have to 
like I cannot express my emotions around it because yes. there was something we said in like months ago <laughs> mm. and I just like whatever but yeah so so that fluidity I there's times that that I just want to have like a cozy nurturing and then there's other times you would just want to go out there and explore and do I don't know mm-hmm. god knows what <laughs> or god knows what <laughs> yes let's get kinky <laughs> let's go try something crazy and yeah. you know my partner and I really read the energy and we'll respond to what energy is there and sometimes that energy you can feel is like you guys are being called into that nurturing experience together and a love making and and you can feel how appropriate that is just energetically. And then you can feel these other times where it's like, oh, my God, there's there's electricity here. Like we're going to do something wild and crazy. And then there's other times where you can feel the sexual energy isn't there. And that's an amazing thing to start to master as well is like reading on a more energetic level. It doesn't replace consent, obviously, but like to be so aware and so attuned to yourself and your sexuality and to know your desires and know your body and know your mind and and what's being called for or what what you're really craving in your body and then being able to respond with a partner in the same way and then knowing their body and knowing their desires and their mind and all of that requires so much honesty and transparency and self-awareness and trust and love and respect that you are fully you and I'm fully me and I'm not going to shame you for your desires and I'm not going to make you wrong or bad for what you want and vice versa and then what's left on the table what what's here between us today yeah that's common ground and what can we share I think that's very powerful what you just said in the sense of not shaming the other Mm. because I think within a relationship where where people assume the the norm of what a relationship should be like and don't have the conversations around it there's a lot of shame for like desires or even fantasies about something or someone else and they don't even have to be acted upon but if you're I don't I still find it so weird but I also understand because I did it too but you're 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 choosing to be so close with somebody and then the thing what is boiling up from you a certain desire you're not sharing it with that person because you're Mm -hmm. afraid of how he or she will react or the other way around like your whole friend circle knows it or you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and that's what I think where where a lot of relationships start to like not be that close and tight anymore because like there's nothing more beautiful than being able to tell your partner about some certain desire for somebody else or something else and him or her being um accepting of and be like oh well that's cute or like or maybe there's a bit of jealousy, but also being able to mm-hmm. express that. Mm-hmm. And then there's so much more love being like, I'm not a bad or person. I'm not yes. doing anything wrong for what I don't even, I cannot even control these things that come up. And exactly that doesn't mean out. it has to be acted exactly. out, but we can be our person with our desires and talk about it. And then we take it from there. like Exactly. And even if we went as far to say that what you desire, Gertrude, is an absolute no for me, it shuts me down. That thought or that exploration is a no or what I want you don't feel is to just be okay with that. We don't have to even understand. We don't have to like what their fantasies are, but we can just accept that that's who they are. And if we can't meet their sexual needs or if they wish to explore something that's not with us, that we can allow them the freedom to get their needs met 
I think that's another inherent problem in mainstream relationships is like, well, that's a reflection of me. You don't want me. Am I not good enough for you? Am I not enough for you? Or there's something wrong with you and you're disgusting and whatever those projections might be that stops us from being able to be whole and transparent with another. But if we start the foundation of our relationship, one being safety and trust and respect and love and freedom to be our whole selves, then naturally there'll be things that don't align. But it's almost like people have this idea that we must stay in the realm that we get along. So don't tell me that you like those kinky things or don't let me know, you know, don't be too emotional in our relationship because I can't meet you there. And then it's, oh, my God, there's so many inherent problems in mainstream relationships that I, I see demonstrated in kink and very well executed dominant and submissive dynamics. It requires such a level of trust and communication and transparency that no mainstream relationship that operates like that could function in a dominant and submissive dynamic like that. Yeah. It's like the, the, the principles that you need to do that well guarantee a healthy relationship. Of yeah. course it can be done badly. Of course not everyone's executing it at that level, but it's almost like it just raises the bar yeah. of how you relate because you're going to go and experience sexuality in this way, which is amazing to me. So I would love to take those lessons and principles and teach that to people even who don't identify with kinkiness at all and have no interest in having a power exchange relationship, but to look at those principles that are so effective for healthy relating, you know, which is essentially trust and communication and respect and transparency and non-judgment, no guilt, no shame. They're just so fucking good. How do these other relationships survive? Well, they don't. And people are suffering. And you and I have both been trapped in those relationships at times in our life. And we felt trapped. Yeah. Like when I was young, I knew no better. There was no one showing me anything else. I was in this relationship where I hated the guy and I couldn't get out of there. Or you feel really guilty. Like I've always, when I was in relationships, was always also a little in love with other people <laughs> or attracted <laughs> at least. And then, and then fighting that, feeling really bad about it. Or when it came out a little bit, getting, um, how do you say, yeah, judgments uh, around it. Um, but, what, but, but the only thing that I still want to say to that, it's not that I'm like a promoter of open relationship or anything like that. I think there's beauty and monogamy as well. Mm-hmm. It's just a choice. But I think, in yes. my opinion, basic is what you also said communication and if you can have that transparency that honesty that communication then you still with whatever you're relating then you can like decide what 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 you do with that in the reality but but having your energy being fully accepted for who you are and what what you desire exactly Exactly. It's just the principle at the core of a relationship. The external expression of the relationship can be anything for anyone. Whatever's right for you at that time. I've been monogamous in my life and that has been 100% right for me. I've been monogamous in my life and that's been 100% wrong for me. (laughs) You know, like it doesn't actually matter about the external expression, but at the core that we're truthful about who we are and we love and accept ourselves enough and that we get to share that with someone else who also loves and respects us enough to recognize our differences and accept and make space for whoever we are and whoever we're becoming because I think that evolution naturally happens in life but we can be in this relationship that was kind of built on an old version of ourselves, 
and it doesn't have space to then grow and evolve and explore and then we hold ourselves back from that as well so no doubt we're going to have another podcast episode where we'll dive lots into open relationships (laughs) we've fantasized about these conversations for a long time but the time is here and we're finally doing it so thank you so 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 much how particularly from the perspective of sharing made with the world how can people find more um, the website is withmave.com. Um, and since today you also have the um, web registration, but there's, it's also already on iOS and the Apple Store. They can also find it, Mave Audios, and you can download it for free and do three sessions during five days, and then you can decide if it's something for you. But I'll say yes. <laughs> that is amazing it's amazing I'll make sure all the links are there for people to access it but yes today is a special 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 day for Maeve because finally we've been in this building phase and today's a release day so I'm fucking proud of you I didn't cry believe it or not but you you know the love that I have in my heart for you and you know the faith the utter faith that I have in you and what you're here to bring to the world and the difference this is going to make for so many people. So on behalf of all the people whose lives you're going to touch and all those fucking orgasms you're going to unlock and all that pleasure you're going to bring and all the freedom and liberation that people will experience, I'm just giving you the biggest thank you for thank acting you. on the call, for listening um, and, and your creating it and to your mum. <laughs> yeah, bless your mum. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I so believed much, in it like... the second I heard Gertrude. There's just no doubt in my yeah. mind of what this means for the world so well done (laughs) cool thank you all right i love you and thank you so much bye bye